Elliot Goldstein is hosting a radio and podcast show out of New Mexico called NMDJ Presents Fly on the Wall. We are building a fresh, fabulous podcast library of musicians, writers, artists, and all good people of note, with many new and exciting guests to come. We are listener-funded. If you would like to assist our Venmo info is New Mexico DJ service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. We appreciate your help. We would like to thank Alan Gower for the intro music. Enjoyed the show. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Fly on the Wall podcast. I'd like to tell you how I got started. Um, I really had no idea on um, the beginnings of what had even where to start. And I stumbled upon Anchor by Spotify. And it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And I'll explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And um, when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast automatically on listening platforms. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on other uh, platforms. And it, Anchor made it so simple. And um, it's all in one place. Everything you need to make a podcast, you can find in one place. And um, the amazing part is it's all free. So um, there is no uh, downside to any of this. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. And again, it's the Anchor app or anchor.fm. And it's real easy to get started. And um, thank you for listening to Fly on the Wall and uh, back to the show. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. A participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. A participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Not Your Mother's Radio is listener-funded. If you wish to assist and help keep the station active, funds can be sent via PayPal to Elliot. Is. Not. Your. Mother. At. Gmail.com. Remember, there is only one L and one T in Elliot. Thank you for your assistance. It is appreciated. Not Your Mother's Radio is pleased to present Ian Gom who is a British singer-songwriter, who was the rhythm guitarist for Brinsley Schwarz from 1970 to 1974. He was named Best Rhythm Guitarist by NME in 1971. He also toured with Dire Straits on their Sultans of Swing tour. Gom's first solo album, Summer Holiday, came out in 1978. The album was retitled and resequenced with two extra tracks as Gone with the Wind. A single from the album, Hold On reached number 18 in the United States and number 44 in Canada in 1979.
Hold On has since been featured as bumper music on the radio show Coast to Coast AM. He also released his best-known song from his tenure in Brinsleyish Wars, Hooked on Love, with Chicken Run as the B-side on Stiff in 1979. So let's get the show rolling. But first this tune from the Brinsleys. You don't use Apple, huh? No, I've, I've never used Apple. I mean, I know over here, in fact, when it first came out, the village, the town, village I live in in Mid Wales, the guy, this guy I knew, and he, he was a bit of a, he was running his own country music label. He had a pressing plant, he used to make his own albums, he had a studio, and then he became the first Apple dealer in this area. Really, he was on it right away. Yeah, I don't use but, Apple. I don't use Apple. I use the Microsoft. Yeah, because I found people who have, my, you know, my daughter had an Apple computer, and, and every time, if it, they never go wrong. But when they do, you can't send <laughs> it back to Apple. I know they never go wrong, <laughs> but when they do, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the Rolls Royces over here, yes. Rolls Royce cars. Yeah, they used to say if they would, you know, they were, if they broke down. The garage was supposed to 
a tarpaulin over it yeah. so nobody can see it broken down. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Apple. That's what Apple does. They yeah. they lock them up in the Apple uh, in the Apple headquarters <laughs> until they're ready to get out again. Um, oh, I remember. I mean, where did we? Was it when they went to the moon? They had a they had a um, was it the computer was the size of a in a um, what do you call it a calculator? Uh-huh. It was tiny. Yeah, yeah, it was. I remember. I remember by I, I. I had one of the first. We had Commodore computers. I don't know if that's American, is it? Commodore. Yes, Commodore, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what was it turned into? The ones that we all used to use in music. Um, but Commodore Vic. No, I, I bought this thing called the Vic Twenty, okay. and for my kids. And they used to have plug-in cartridges in the back of them to right. expend. I once spent seventy pounds buying. I think it was 28k <laughs> memory. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. When I was uh, my my first computer, uh, my first computer was an Apple IIe. You know what that was? Yeah. It had no hard drive. It had no hard drive. <laughs> you, you had to put everything on these f- floppy disks, were, were like the size of your feet. <laughs> they were like monsters. They were huge. That was we used to have. My, then we went. Up, we, I think we, the Big Twenty had a yeah. a cassette system. Yeah. And my 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 middle son got hooked on this game called The Perils of Willy, which had which Ouch. Had, that's good. That, isn't it? That, that Perils sounds, of Willy. That sounds like it hurts. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. It had forty six layer uh, forty six levels. I couldn't get past level one. I know. I know. <laughs> And he'd load, I'd load it on there, and it said two and a half minutes to load, and it gets ten seconds before the end and crash. Yeah, crash. And then yeah, do yeah. it again. Peril. Oh. The, the last time my Willie was in peril, I had to go see the doctor. <laughs> oh. oh no 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 no! What did that Peter Sellers film? What was it? He was the Indian doctor. He used to say oh. with Sophia Loren, he said, "Put it away, please." <laughs> Yeah, put it away, please. Yeah, that was yeah. I actually um, yeah. So my first computer was an Apple IIe, and it was a hundred dollars for every meg of memory. One meg was a hundred dollars. Why? Oh, yeah. That's big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One meg was a hundred dollars at the time, and I remember um saving up so I could get a two meg system. <laughs> But still, we were in it at the beginning, weren't we? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I always think if I get my, my my youngest son now, I gave him computers, you know, since he was a little little kid, yeah. and he's now um he's now a web designer sitting there, at, um, working from home now with two screen. I, I spoke to him yesterday. Two screens, you know, working for an American firm. Oh, of course. Of course, of course, he's doing really well. But that, this is what this is what the future. You know, is that IT was the future for these. I mean, they've got university graduates over here. I mean, three years of their life, four years of their life, you end up with it. They're working at the checkout in a supermarket. I know, I know, I know. Here too. You know, it's like, what, what is here, it? Here too. Here too. Um, I remember when I was um, when I started college back in the um, early seventies. Um, computers. They, you remember the cards? They they came. You had to program these cards, and I remember it took me like uh, ninety two thousand cards to make a Snoopy calendar. <laughs> <You know>? Oh, <laughs> well, 
Well, my my wife used to work for a bank. We've been together. We've been together now for for since we were teenagers. Yeah. She used to work for a bank, and she used to have these paper reels of pay punch paper. Yeah, yeah, tape. the punch the punch cards. Yeah. Oh, oh, the tape, yeah, she, the big yeah. rules of tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. She has to take them round from bank to bank to bank. Yeah. To other banks, you know, holding this, delivering these things. So how long are you married? Oh, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I, so long, I can't remember. Forever. Like I tell people, uh, uh, next year's eternity. (laughs) I I should know because we got, we got married when I was in the Brinsley Swartz group and that must have been 1971 or 1972. 1970, oh, okay. so that's well, that's not a quite a good innings. Yeah, but we're like we're the only people we know of our of our circle are still together. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm married uh, 44 years. Oh, we've got a lot in common then, haven't we? Yeah, uh, four, no, no, yes. no, 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 but seven women, seven different women. Oh, no, 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 I'm just fooling. <laughs> Same, I, I, yeah. no, I'm just fooling. I met my wife in uh, high school. Oh, so did, I was the same thing. She was going to school. Yeah. Our eyes met across a crowded train compartment. Uh-huh. And six six months later, we uh-huh. used to go. I used to go to my apprenticeship. I used to work for EMI Electronics, uh-huh. which is yeah. You were aware of that? That's the one they used to make. The Beatles kept that firm alive. That we, they yeah. were pressing all the Beatles albums. Sure. In. Uh, yeah, I was. I worked. I designed stuff on Concord. I, you know. Really, I was an apprentice draftsman. I designed this thing. When Concord, you know, Concord, the, the nose used to go down, right, uh, for for landing, yeah, and the heat shield used to come up when it was fl- flying supersonically. If but either of those systems broke down, and to land, I designed this box. It was a it was a um, video, little video uh, display. And they'd get it out of the broom cupboard on the plane and plug it in on the on the cockpit, con- cockpit controls, uh-huh. plug it in. And there was a camera underneath each wing, which they could land the thing. If it was all jammed and all that, they could still see see to oh, land wow. it. So I, I designed this box to do it. Well, I don't say designed it, just designed the outside box. And it was supposed to be the all-British-French plane, you know, better yeah. than the Americans and way, way ahead. And uh, this this TV thing, you know what they did? They went and bought a Sony nine-inch portable, <laughs> put it in the box, <laughs> and put EMI on on the front of it. <laughs> oh wow! I remember. I, I used to I, live. I used to live near Kennedy Airport in New York. Oh yeah. So I used to watch the Concords take off and land. And I remember the nose would um, go up first. It would go up kind of like this way. And the nose yeah. was tilted a bit, and it, and then it would just kind of level off later on. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's so they could see. <laughs> yeah. It was faster than a bullet, wasn't it? Faster yeah. than a bullet. Yeah, yeah. I was watching this program the other day about Live Aid. Do you remember that? And yeah, I think yeah, Phil yeah, Collins, yeah. Phil Collins. Phil Collins got on a plane. Yeah. And he was there before, I don't know how it works, but yeah. he was... He got there before their end of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and he, he played. He played a uh, Philadelphia and in the UK. That was it. That's where, yeah, that was it. And he, I think he's still. I think he's still on one. I think they left him on the plane <laughs> on the way back. You know, the funny, I, don't, I think this is a true story. Uh, 
Garfunkel, Simon and what were they called? Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. When they when they split up and Art Garfunkel went solo, and he had that sort of bright eyes, wasn't it? Yes. Bright eyes. Yeah, bright eyes. Yeah. And and uh, he was doing a solo concert at the Royal Albert Hall in London, and he'd arrived in London, and. He, he, he realised he'd left his toupee back in America. <laughs> so his toupee, they booked a seat on Concord and flew his toupee over well, on his seat. Well, <laughs> you didn't expect you didn't you didn't you know expect the toupee to fly coach. <laughs> another drink. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you I'll tell you another great Simon and Garfunkel story. They played Central Park in New York for free. It was a monstrous concert. Millions of people, you know, it was, you know, your paper, whatever. It was on TV. Uh, it's all over. Anyway, um, it almost didn't go on. Simon and Garfunkel were fighting. What were they, fight yeah. what were they fighting about? Simon wanted to do, um, Garfunkel wanted to do, the, to do the show with just him and Simon on acoustic guitar. Okay? Yeah. Simon wanted to do the show with a band, but... The um they, they they came to a midpoint. They would use the band only in one condition. Both Simon and Garfunkel had to wear two pays for the show. Really? Yes. Anyway, I know a I I know a guy who was working the show. He said he walked into the dressing trailer. You know they had trailers out there, and it looked like fourteen people were in the room. Wherever you went, there was like a white head with hair on it. <laughs> He said it looked like it looked like the whole band had a toupee. It was like fourteen toupees in the room, and um, yeah, they don't, they don't. All these people don't know what happens backstage, do they? No, they, they don't. Just, it's all about they, they come on. Christ, I remember playing the first time Jay Giles band. Yes, that's the first time. That's the first time we were in this little tiny theatre, all nighters. They used to have in London. Yeah, and we'd play this, and we were on with the Jay Jay Giles band, and they were down the corridor in this room. So every now and then, I'd go down the corridor and listen outside their room, and you could just hear them going. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> yeah, um, charged out, down on stage. I was thinking, I think this is a different, different concept of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I um, yeah. They, uh, Jay Giles was a great band. But you could do me a favor. Do you remember the British blues band? The blues band. Oh, oh what? That was what they were called. Yeah, they were called the blues band. Who was in that? Then? What's his name? The lead singer from Manfred Mann was in that band. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Paul. Yeah. Oh, no. Paul. Not name? Paul. Um, no, 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 no. Come on. I can see him. Yeah. I tried to forget I'll think of it in a minute. Anyway, um, if you see them, tell them I'm pissed at them. We opened for them, and they stole all of our hair blowers. <laughs> oh, yeah, they would. Oh, I tell you what. What was his name? Come on. I saw them. Manfred Mann. I saw them playing... At the Uxbridge R and B Festival, that's just West London. Uh, Paul, open Paul, air festival. Paul, Paul Jones. I got the Paul right. Come on. Yeah, Paul Jones. Paul Jones, and he was on stage, and they'd had a they'd had a couple of top twenty hits over. What was it? Like, um, Pretty flamingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he and. Oh, do what did he do? And he was downstage doing it, and all these girls were at the front, 
screaming at him yeah. because he'd been on top of the pops and it was a thing. And he actually stopped and said, I'm not carrying on if you keep screaming. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, he'd be grateful in a few years' time. You know, I saw. I used to manage amphitheaters and, and stadiums. And anyway, um, uh, Tom Petty is doing a show, and the waitresses are serving drinks and food to everybody. And he puts his guitar down and he says, "Let me know when you're done so I can continue." Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Who, who, who? The worst one. The worst one. This is the, the things you don't do on stage. We were supporting we, Brinsley Sparks Group. We got to know Dave Edmonds quite well. This sure. is before Rock Pile. And we were doing this gig. He was in a hell of a state. He was producing our last, what was it, New Favourites album. Uh-huh. And his marriage had split up. Uh-huh. And I, I took it upon myself to nurse him 
through this. We were at a place called Rockfield Studios. So yeah, every yeah. night I went back with him because otherwise, you know, he once, he, he used to be on whiskey. He was on huge bottles of whiskey. Yeah. I used to go to make sure, I, I took it upon myself to make sure he wouldn't peg out before <laughs> the end of the album. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I'm time for bed now, I think, Dave. Yes, yeah, I think. Yeah. And, and uh, he was... Uh, Oh, it was, it, it, he was in a hell of a state. He was taking, I was, I was in the kitchen in the morning while he was still s sleeping. And, and I, I, this woman came, she, woman came in, it was his ex-wife. And she said, what are you doing in it? Who are you? What are you doing in this kitchen? I said, well, I'm a friend of Dave's. I'm just, uh, you know, he's recording with you. She said, oh, she said, I had to leave him, she said, because he used to take man, man, uh, Mandrax sleeping tablets as well. She said, well, how would you feel if you, you come down the stairs and he'd open the door to the postman and he was standing there with his arms round the guy, like, hanging <laughs> on to him. And <laughs> I come down the next morning and I couldn't find him at all and he passed out and t two doors down to the garden, two doors down. <laughs> wow. We managed to get him through just about, going, and then we thought we'd go on. He wanted us to go on this tour of, um, uh, of you know, the, the uh, like a you know a tour to promote. I don't want to be promoting again, but we, the British Arts Group, we we opened the show, and then we had this little routine where we used to do that. Uh, you know, the one we came out and go, ladies and gentlemen, we like to bring on the man who brought you such hits as. I hear you knocking. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Da, 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 da. And then we do little bits. And then later to bring it on Dave Edmonds. And we were down in, I think it's South Wales. And uh, it, Nick was doing his introduction. We were like to bring on. And the roadie, our roadie was tugging at my trouser bottom, you know, on the stage. And I looked down and he said, he said, he's not coming on. He's got, they've taken him to hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him on! Dave Ellis is nothing! Nothing. <laughs>
tour bus I was ever on it was my 18th birthday and I went to see Rockpile and um, they they took me on the tour bus and it was, uh, we hung out there for an hour or two and yeah he was slamming them down pretty good if I remember correctly Yeah, Nick too though oh. Nick, was, Nick was a good drinker too oh yeah, yeah no, we, we, we used to, when we were in the Brinsley's we used to always have drinks on stage and Oh, we did the Wings tour with Paul McCartney. Yeah. We were the support act, and every every city in England that we and Scotland we played in, he would Paul would hire the local comedian as a compare to you know somebody from local who would be, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I like to be you know just so Paul McCartney and Wings yeah. and like. Before we went on, we were up. At- um, I spoke to. Um, speaking of guys, who, well, did, did you hear what? Did you hear what our president said the other day? Um, he caught COVID on purpose. He actually went out and caught it on purpose because he's so much stronger than Biden. He could take it. The guy's nuts. I'm telling you. It's like the what's it? Kim Jong Un. Yeah. In Korea, they showed a picture of him, and all his henchmen behind him all wearing black masks and he didn't have one on yeah, yeah. and you know why because he's immortal yeah he's immortal <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what it is yeah. oh dear yeah that, that's I what... think Trump thinks, Trump thinks he is actually well our, our entire upper echelon of um, military men have caught COVID because of Trump this would be a good time yeah. to, this would be a great time to take over the, America if anybody's listening <laughs> I don't know. I remember my first. I shouldn't say this. It's not very, very un-American, but the first time I en- ended up in America, what was I doing again? I was touring with with me, me, and I can remember we were in. Where's the what's the one over? It? Oh, Chicago was it? Was no, it's not the one. What's the one where you the on the east at the top above New York or was it somewhere like that? Boston. I remember. Yeah, Boston. And I remember we were in the first American hotel and we looked down and we saw somebody had just, uh, it was quite high up we were, and I saw it down and somebody had just held up a shop and they were running, and the police were, and he was running down the back alleys, which of course you can look down and see, and they go, there he is, he's over there. <laughs> and then we went down, and, went down, and I was just thinking, 
think I think this place. I think they're all mad. Yeah, it was <laughs> mad. Used it. Yeah. I'm not used to. And I was thinking, actually, if the Kremlin you saw what I've just seen, I think they might just invade. I, I think know. Would... I know. I know. <laughs> but uh, I know. I know. No, but they love my they love my music, so I love them. <laughs> there you go. Actually, I was actually you know I'm I'm from New York. I actually saw a naked guy running down the street in New York holding two lobsters. And with the police chasing him. <laughs> <laughs> you, you ever heard of a guy called Peter Cook? Yeah, sure, Peter Cook. Yeah, yeah. Peter, he told this story about him. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. He said he was. They were doing. He was. Oh, he was. Was it beyond the fringe? He was. They were appearing in in in, in Broadway, and he he said he was in the, in the early early evening. He was out having a little walk before the show, and he he said he saw this shop it was one of these shops where you paid there's a like you paid to go in and there was you the little peepholes yeah, yeah and there was a he said there's a woman a girl in yeah, there yeah, yeah. you know like that. and he said i don't know what happened he said but i suddenly get it and he said this i went through this door and i was in with her <laughs> <laughs> this place because he said every every they're all getting excited because they thought there's going to be some action the owner came with a gun and, and was, you know started and was chasing him down the street he said i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna kill you he said i ran up to a new york policeman and said there's a guy going to kill us you know you're gonna stop him and he said we don't, that's the last thing we need, we need violence on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, they used to have those on Broadway, the 25 cent peep shows. That, that was it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, yeah. How did he manage to get in with the girl? <laughs> I don't know. He, he, he must have gone to the half dollar machine. <laughs> anyway, how, is, is this an interview or not? I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's good fun. <laughs> <laughs> So so anyway, what's what's happening there? What, what what's going on in your neck of the woods? Everything's as crazy as here, huh? Yeah, I mean, I told you last time I told you that I've got a friend of mine lives around up up the hill a bit called Jebloy Nichols. So I've done some just before the lockdown. We've just written this one of our better best songs. Oh, it's so catchy. Yeah, and it's called. Going to the pub on Christmas Eve. Okay. Yeah, and and then and it's, then of course all the lockdown came and like the pubs are all the pub for five months all the pubs shut. They've taken the edge off this song somehow. Yeah, but you know but what? Might... That sounds like a great Christmas release for this year. Well, what are you thinking? So we're going to try and get into this studio we know nearby and see if we can record it. Oh. It's... Oh, we, we excelled ourselves, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I actually spoke to John Fiddler a couple of weeks ago from Medicine Head. Oh, yeah, I remember them. Yeah, he's put out a single. It's incredible. The guy's, you know, he, you know, he's in his 80s, and he sounds uh, so fresh and new. It's incredible. It'll never last. <laughs> It'll never last. <laughs> It'll never catch up. No, no, no. But he—I mean, it's—it's it's really good. So I mean, it, it's incredible that um, 
you know, for lack of a that for, for lack of a better way of putting it, but um, some of you, some of you guys, the, the legacy guys, the guys who've been doing it, uh, are still doing it. It's incredible. Well, because still doing it. It's my, the thing I find most galling about it is the crap that <laughs> <laughs> the crap that people are put, churning out. It's like a machine that's been going on for years, and. It's like the king's new clothes. Nobody can stand up and say, excuse me, everybody, this is total crap. It is total crap. I say it. People forgot how to write a song with a bridge in it. There's no bridges in the songs anymore. I, I, I used to say, you know, as a songwriter, you know, I, I think if you paid me, you know, like a million dollars to sing what I've just heard a second ago, I couldn't do it. No, I know, I know. <laughs> there's, nothing to, there's nothing to remember, so... It's um, and the funny thing is, isn't it, that all these young kids they love Motown and yeah, they, you know they they love all that and I wonder why and the Beatles and all that I wonder why because it's melodies and lyrics and, yes. and that's what it is and it's, they, and, and, it's, and it's people who know how to play their instruments. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> it couldn't be me talking. <laughs> but, you know, it does. It does. People say, "Oh, I used." To, you know, somebody said, well, "Don't you miss per playing? Don't you miss performing?" I said, "Well, I missed the the hour." Uh, yeah, the hour of of performing on stage. I don't miss the twenty three hours waiting, <laughs> of sitting around traveling. You know, just it, it's just. I don't know. I don't find that it's. You know, and then say, so, "Well, I'll." Put, Put another record out. Why? 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 Yeah. Well, I, I, you know what? It's really funny. I spoke to David Knopfler yesterday, Mark's brother. Oh, David Knopfler. Yeah, Knopfler. I know Knopfler. I spent many. You know, I toured. Uh-huh. Um, I, I was the, the Ian Garm band when I had my top twenty hit "Hold On" yeah. on the Stiff Epic label in. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. I've been drifting on the sea of heartbreak Trying to get myself ashore for so long For so long Listening to the strangest stories Wondering where it all went wrong for so long
five weeks I spent on the road with um, with my band mm-hmm. and supporting them. And I'm not kidding. Sitting in a, you know what, you you go on, you do your set, and then we always used to go into their dressing room because they had so much bloody food and booze, and right, they were so right. they never touched it. And I, I asked the tour manager, he said, oh, sure, help yourself. So <laughs> while they went on step, we were having a party. In <laughs> and our drummer, our drummer said to their tour manager once, he said, I'm having terrible trouble sleeping on this tour. And the tour manager said, well, come and listen to our set. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> souls of swing, mm-hmm. inside, outside, Backwards, forwards, for an hour, about an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. But, just... but he said, I, I said to him, are you going to be going on tour again? He's a little older than me. I think he's 67. And he said, well, do you know what it's like for me to go on tour now? i got to take two guitars with me and a suitcase and a nap and a backpack. Why would I want to go on the road again? And I'm saying, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, it doesn't sound too bad, you know? It, you know, it's like you take it. I said, I said, people of his age, they don't have roadies, they have paramedics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Then I started thinking. I said, you know what? You know, it is. It's a lot of stuff to drag around, and um, you know, uh, for what? There's, 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 I mean, you know, you can't go I'll out now. I tell you a couple of true stories, right? One was we've been on the road with dire straits. One was after we used to go to. Their, their their road crew used to love us because we didn't take it seriously. Uh-huh. For some, we've been doing it for years, pub rock and all this stuff, and uh, we weren't jaded, but we had there was a certain way you approach it just to keep sane. Uh-huh. And of course, they, this lot they believed it all, I think. And we used to go, we used to arrive for the sound check. We used to roll our trousers trousers up, put knotted handkerchiefs on our head, and go in. Walk down the hall, walk down the, the, the concert hall, you know, going, uh, where we used to go? And we were back, after halfway through the tour, we were in some holiday inn bar and, and nearly midnight. And that's right, we'd go in, and because I had this record in the top 20, and there would be Dire Straits were one end of the bar. We were at the other end of the bar, and all these teenage girls were going. They're going. Uh, they were. They all crowding round Dire Straits, saying, "Where is Ian? Which one's Ian?" Really? And they they send they send them over. They send them. Over. No, that's their band. That's him. That's their band. Down there, so they all come over. And say, Which, is Ian Gam here? And I go, "No, oh, no, he's gone to bed. He's boring. You wouldn't want to meet him." <laughs> Dire Straits over there. <laughs> came over and he said what's the matter with you boy he said you're not taking this tour seriously are you and we said to him how long have you been doing this and he said oh three years I said we've been doing it about 25 he said come and talk to us in 25 years time and see how you feel (laughs) and he said oh no 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 you've got it completely wrong I know I I used to be a social worker (laughs) get away Wow. <laughs> and it's, it's the best one. It's the best one. Um, and he got down to this, uh, Florida, was it Miami? And the con- it was a Sunday, and the concert was cancelled. Um, so we said, "All right, 
we all meet down on the in the bar and we're, we're just let's get you know let's have a party yeah right so not realizing the southern states the bars were shut yeah, yeah. so I, I i said i said well there's got to be some beer somewhere in this bloody place you know so I, we me and somebody else we went out to we found this shop in the shop that was selling i suppose under the counter i suppose but yeah. selling and that's when I realised how weak American beer was because we came back with crates of the bloody stuff, and uh, and I so I said I said to I said to um, Mark Knopfler I said if we get any, if we find anything I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll come and see you you know we'll get you some beer yeah so went up we got it I went upstairs to his room and I knocked on the door and uh, I think they were all drinking wine. Wine. You're drinking wine, and I said, and I said, uh, I said, look, I got you these six packs, Mark. Here, and he said, oh no, how much do you want? I said, look, if we can't buy you some beer, for, well, we've been on your tour. Yeah, this is our a gift. And he, do you know what he did? He put his hand in his trousers and he pulled out a wad of dollars, dollar bills, and he peeled them. He was peeled. He said, no, no, I've got to pay you. I'm far richer than you. <laughs> 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 Oh, and his trick, the trick was, he did the, the last show we did, it was in Chicago, I think, and he did that thing where he was doing this, we came on for the last number, uh-huh. and he said, you've got to come on and join us, right? So they put this, they, they all had the first wireless guitar, you know, you could you have a wireless pack, yeah, so yeah. you could walk around the yeah. stage, and yeah. we didn't, we didn't, we had bloody leads, yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 of course. So he, then we went on stage and he he looked at me. I'm standing there with this lead. He looked at me and said, you know, come and sing this. Come and sing with me. So I started walking across. I pulled the amp off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get halfway near him. And I was like, you knew that. <laughs> well, who's who? who is in the um, Ian Gum band? <clears throat> who's in that band with you? Oh, it was... Um, it was... Nick Lenny Smith, keyboards. He's he he's now a film uh, music. He he was involved. He, he he did the film music for Pirates of the Caribbean. I really? Think. Well. Not the first one. He's he's what, famous. He lives lives in uh, on the west coast. You know, he's he's uh-huh. done really well. Right. There's a guy called Taff Williams, the lead guitarist. I'm still friends with Taff Williams. My son, my young, my eldest son. I don't know. I don't know if I told you. About a year ago, he committed suicide, right? Oh. And Taff, Taff actually came up from South, South Wales to be at the funeral. So that's how well, tight, we yeah. close. You know. And he came up, and then uh, we had uh, Rod Demick. Rod Demick was he was from Belfast, the Irish guy. He was he knew um, Van Morrison really well. Really. He grew up with Van Morrison. He was telling us all these stories about how, not I didn't say weird, but how <laughs> <laughs> peculiar Van is. Van is. Yeah, he you is. Know? And, and and the drummer was Rod uh, Alan Coulter, and he. I'm trying to think of all these. These all of them were. They'd all been with you know. Good people doing really. They were we were a really good band. I don't know how we managed it. Yeah, but uh, we had we a lot. You know. Well, there you go. Yeah. Such such is life. 
Yeah. But the only now I worked out from that the only way you can get a good band together, if you know, having been in a Brindisi Swartz, which was like five guys, all for one and one for all, and you know we we were just united in what we were trying to do back then. The only other way a group would work is what is that you're either all related, uh-huh. or you pay it, or you pay them to do what you. Pay <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. No, it goes like this. Yeah, I th- well, I think paying them works better than being related. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah. I, I I spoke to David Knopfler yesterday. <laughs> I think paying them works oh. better than being related. Oh, oh, David, he was he was he was hard going. He uh-huh. really was. Yeah, he um. With the drummer, the drummer in Dire Straits back then, the first when they were doing the first yeah Dire Straits drummer was a guy called Pick Withers. Yeah, Pick Withers. And I actually knew him. We knew it. I knew him because in the Brinsley Swartz group. Our drummer Billy Rankin um, had he did like a drink, <laughs> yeah. and he managed to. We we actually bought a brand new oh a van. Uh, you know we were doing quite well back then. Right. You know we've actually bought a brand new van. He decided to drive from we lived in uh, in west of London, and he, his mother lived in Tunbridge Wells. He decided he decided. To Drive, go and see her, and he was a bit. He, he wasn't. He wasn't sober when he started set out. Oh yeah. And he, decided, <laughs> he actually managed instead of going round the roundabout, he drove through it <laughs> <laughs> with his hands on the wheel, and he broke both of his thumbs when Ooh. he when he hit, hit the. So we needed a, 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 a pick with us was the British Arts drama for about six months. Oh, really? So that's how I knew it really oh, well. Cool. Now, um, so Brinsley, you you were a tight unit. You were, Brinsley was a great band. I mean, they they were they were the they were like the uh, a prototype of the of the British of the English you know pub bands. Brinsley was you know you had Brinsley, you had a, a, a handful of other bands back then. Um, you know, Ducks Deluxe and you know guys like that. But Brins- Ducks Deluxe. Martin Belmont was mm-hmm. our roadie. Ducks Deluxe, yeah. he's the guitarist of Ducks Deluxe. He was our roadie yeah, yeah. in Brinsley Swartz. I actually, I, he, he came home one day and somebody had given him a Fender, Fender Telecaster body. Yeah. Now, I, my Telecaster, I'd, I'd played it, so, you know, I had it for years and years. I'd actually worn it out, the neck, and I bought a new neck for it. Because you could in those days, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. a proper fender neck. So I said, "Hey, I've got a neck for that." So we actually put it together. I was quite good with my um, technical things, and I actually got all the bits, the pickups, and everything. And I put, I made him this. wasn't a Telecaster, but I called it a Gomcaster. <laughs> Gomcaster. <laughs> well, and you know, and. Mar- <laughs> and, and, and- No lie, table's turning now. 
Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. And and Martin Belmont, he went on to uh, work with uh, who? Parker. He was in the rumor, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Well, um, you know, uh, I I just bowed out after after five years, six years. I tell you one thing: we because of the Fillmore East trip, yeah, the hype that they were involved in, they were they managed to. We thought we got away with it. All the all the money they owed to Aer Lingus and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't even in the group then. Right. But when I joined, became part and parcel of this, uh, you know, all for one and one for all. And um, that you left after a while. That's it. You know, Martin Belmont and um, you know the rumor and how you know. Then we just telling you how Brinsley. Right. Yeah, We're I mean... doing this sort of get, uh, I don't know. It's progressive prog. They were more prog rock. Than anything, really, and then I, I, yeah, and then they, then, then because of the film East, they had a, their right. album was called Despite It All, where they went back to a simpler approach. So then I joined them for Silver Pistol, right. which was uh, more of a country sort of album, right. and I wrote, I wrote four songs for that.
for them, and um, it was it was going really it was going really well. Uh, but I was thinking, you know, did I tell you the one time when our manager Dave Robinson, that was, he was the he was the first British sports manager, huh. he he arrived back. I was quite a pretty boy back then. And he arrived back after I'd been in the group for about three years. He came back one night. He said, I've just been having a meeting with uh, Elton John's manager in El- Elton. And Elton, wasn't, he wasn't as famous. He was on his way up then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had a visit and he said, there's a good chance we could get on Elton's world tour, boys. But they'd rather have taken a shine to you, Ian. <laughs> so do you think he could go around and be nice to them? <laughs> <laughs> But no, no way. <laughs> I was, I was you know, married. I'm not going to end over for. for, for <laughs> you, you weren't going to take I, you were, you weren't going to take one for Brinsley, huh? <laughs> like somebody said, two of them, five people, and I said no way. Two of them said yeah, well, I agree, and two of them said go on in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, I've never seen, I've never looked at Elton John in a, <laughs> you know, I tell people that story so they don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. No way. Yeah. So need, needless, to, needless to say, you didn't do didn't do that tour. You got stuck with Dire Straits. <laughs> that's all right, yes. Yes. <laughs> David, David, David Knopfler told me he was the pretty boy in Dire Straits. Oh, yes, he was. Yeah. Oh, and the, their bass player. God, we used to call him the Penguin. Uh-huh. You know, like, his feet never moved. He just moved from side to side. He stayed riveted to the spot. You know, like a penguin walks. Uh-huh. He did that sort of thing. Who's that? Is, but they were all... Ilsley, right? Peter Ilsley, is that his name? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it's... Um, well, you know, it was an experience. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but it was an experience. So, so what happened with Brinsley? Did did, did um Nick Lowe's head get too big or what? Well, no. What it was, five years we played. You know, I mean, to support Paul McCartney in the UK yeah. was pretty good going actually. Yeah, and we used to, we used to go all around Holland and Germany and you know. And but the thing is, after five years, and we always used to think. We we were putting like records out every few months, singles and, and nothing, nothing. Nothing. We just think, you know, we think, I, I, can we top what we've just recorded? And we we always striving for more. And we were in BBC uh, recording for this show called the Tony Blackburn Show, which was like nationwide in right. Britain. Okay. We recorded this, and his producer was. I, I said to him, I said, why don't you ever play our records? I said, they're pretty good, you know. Why don't you ever... And he said, BBC, this is, the British Broadcasting Corporation. He said, uh, we well, we play what the people want to hear. I said, the people only hear what you bloody play, you idiot. I had to be dragged off Jerry Garcia, but that's another story. Yeah. You guys... I say... <laughs> it's the Scottish and Irish blood, you see. I, I can't. Yeah. Um, so, so th- th- why did Brinsley? You know what happened to Brinsley? What happened to that band? Yeah, okay, yeah, right. So after after you know, there's a you certain there's certain clubs where you realise. Let me say the Penthouse Suite Scarborough, which is on the east coast, 
takes forever to drive there from London. Uh-huh. It's on the top floor, it's like four flights up, and you go there. And after you've done it four years running, you know, every four years, to the same crowd, the same few crowd, and you're just thinking, we're not getting anywhere, are we? Um, Ireland Records came in with this deal for us. Uh, they wanted to sign us worldwide. Uh-huh. And they wanted us to move us to America, right. where we would start. We would start playing in America, right. and we all thought, "What great! That sounds fantastic." Then our record label called United Artists said, "You can't do that. You've got to. You've got. We 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 need three more albums from you before wow. you we release wow. you." So we just said, "Oh fuck!" We <laughs> just gave up. Yeah, you know they just and we were. I was saying to we used to know United Artists. I used to know the chairman really well. I said, look, if we go to America, we've made five albums for you now. If we go to America and we we're successful, those five albums are going to be successful, right? That you own. Yeah. So what's the point? Of, what's the? Uh, it's just stupid. These these people in record company, they haven't got a clue, really. No, they never did. You know. If it was any other business, they'd be out of business. That's all yeah. I was used to. Say. So, um, who who are you dealing with? Chris Blackwell was he was he the guy you went to? Yeah, well, he he, he yeah yeah. But it just it sounded great, and then we just gave up. We just thought, what's the point? So, it's it's pretty it's all right. It's like five people being divorced actually. Just thinking, hang on, what we're we gonna? Yeah. We played the last gig at the Marquee Club, uh-huh. where we played all through our career. We played songs from all of the things we did, and you know, at the end of it, I was crying. The audience were crying. It was just. It was that it was bad, just, huh? Just, <laughs> <laughs> Don't cry for me. Yeah, oh no. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> but it. We had some moments though. We had, we were playing in pub rock in uh, this place called the Kensington uh-huh. Pub um, in Kensington, yeah, and uh, during the IRA bombing, and we were we were doing this. Oh, it was pub rock gigs can be really. It's only about two or three hundred people in it, but when it's all buzzing and it's fantastic right. atmosphere, we were doing really well. And then we're halfway through the second set, and the pub owner came and said. He said, you got to stop. got to stop everybody out. Stop the music. Everybody out. There's been an IRA bomb threat. Everybody out. And, like, from this, you imagine, the, like, a, you know what clubs are like. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next minute, you're all standing in the street with this pub. Quiet. Everything's quiet and all that. And, I, and my wife was there, Karen. She was with me. And I looked at this pub and I thought, my guitar's in there. <laughs> <laughs> I want my guitar. Fuck them! They're going to blow. You know. And I said, I'm going back in. She said, Oh, please don't! I said, I want my guitar. That's my guitar. I want it. So I went in, and it's spooky, yeah. eerily quiet. You know. So I got my guitar. I got my case, and I put it in the case. And I thought, Fuck it! I'll have a wee. <laughs> <laughs> I went in. The, I went in this toilet, and the. What was his name? The landlord. Matt was the landlord, Irish guy, Matt. He's standing on the toilet seat with his, you know, they have a system above the, with a pipe coming down yeah. to the uh, bowl. And he's standing there with his, his hand fishing in all these bowls, looking for packages, you know? <laughs> and he's, he's muttering to himself. He's saying, 
this is terrible, this is terrible. I said, what do you mean? Of course it's terrible, mate. He said, no, they've all gone out with their glasses. <laughs> <laughs> 200 glasses, he was yeah. down on the bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, those are those the fun days. <laughs> we did, I tell you what, in those days, we, um, Dave Robinson, our manager, he pulled up. He, he said, "Nobody goes and plays in Ireland." Well, I don't. Not surprising. There was bombs and bloody everything going on there. Yeah. He said, "We're going to go over there for two weeks, and we're going to play in Southern and Northern Ireland." And we said, "I don't really." No, no. He said, "I'm quitting if you don't." I quit. <laughs> so we did it. We went. Over, I got married. I think I got married two days later. We got in the van to drive for our Irish tour. And I think she was waiting. My wife was waiting. I'll never see him again. You know, I'll never see him again. <laughs> and we got there, and I'm not kidding. What an ex what an eye opener. Wow. We went at Northern Ireland. We actually got we were we were stopped by the British Army at the border between Northern and Southern Ireland at gunpoint. Yeah, wow. We were forced forced to get out of our van. Hands in the air. No, you have to stand with your hands on the side of the van, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. legs are. Popped. They had to put our guitars on the guitars, guitar case on the floor, which they opened right. uh, uh, with their rifles, like that. And, and, and I could hear these guys sort of say, "Yeah, right. They are a group. They must be bloody mad. What are they doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> and they, and then this armored car pulled up with this guy. With, he had his, um, you know, like British Army had his headset on, and right, he said he said something like, "Red kippers at midnight," <laughs> and they all went, and they was they just left us there, and we were thinking, "What do they know?" That because the IRA IRA would come and start shooting then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does he know that we? Oh dear. Wow. But we we had some fun. I must say, sounds we had like some it. Fun. <laughs> we, went to, we went to. We were booked to play London Derry. It's called London Derry University. Yeah, we were booked to play that on Bloody Sunday. Oh wow! That's what, <laughs> wow. And luckily, they they cancelled the gig a, um, a a day before, and then we met this folk singer <clears throat> who they hadn't told, and he he was still shaking. He went, he actually went to the gig. <laughs> wow! It, it, it was, you know, that was an eye-opener, that was. Wow. And then South Island, they're all just completely, we were staying in, oh, that's it, I'll give you a, a good story. The English, we were staying in Dublin. Uh -huh. this, uh, what was it called? The Baggy Inn in Baggett Square. And we was looking out the window from this hotel, and it was the English rugby team were playing the Irish rugby team for the first time in like 20 years or something in a historic moment to try and they were trying to make peace you know yeah. so we were looking out the window the Irish the British rugby the English rugby team had turned up in a coach they'd all gone into this big hotel on the other side of this from our hotel they'd all gone in there and then there was the Garda Gardy, that's the Irish police Suddenly, they were everywhere because the uh, the English rugby team had all checked in and ran out the back door of this hotel because they wanted to have a night <laughs> in Dublin. This <laughs> another Irish lady said, "I'll take you around. I show you. I show you all the sights here." 
So we go around, you know, he'd open the door of this pub and they'd be all going, la da la da 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 and we went through, and we went past this one pub, and he, I said, "Let's, what's in there?" He said, "We're not going in there." He said, "That's the IRA pub, IRA <laughs> pub." Just as he said it, the door opened. Half the English rugby team were in there singing. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad. It's absolutely <laughs> mad. Wow, <laughs> wow. So you, so you had some good times on the road. That was good. I, I, we we were in Dublin again. We went back. We did it a second year running. We went back the second time. We were in a part uh, in a cinema in, in the centre of Dublin, just trying to pass the afternoon. We coming out the in the cinema, and we, you could just feel it in the air. This really weird feeling, and streams of guys and, and I, you know, I, angry people streaming up the streaming up the road and I said I said and Billy Rankin said to me he said what's going on I said don't speak don't let them hear your accent yeah, there's yeah. something really yeah. not right here and they went up the street and they burnt down the British Embassy <laughs> <laughs> wow can laugh about it now <laughs> I know oh, it's it scary at the time though but you know we 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 do a gig we do a gig and, and where was and, and I think that was in Belfast. We do this gig and we're thinking, oh great. We uh, we d it was we seemed to go okay. We got back to the hotel room. We're oh. all sitting in one room around the bed, saying, "Well, that was nothing. That was that was okay. We're in nothing. nothing. I don't know what they're going on about." And suddenly, all these shots. Did <laughs> 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 you know when you say you know when somebody says if a, if a ball chases you in a field, you're not yeah. you know you suddenly you're over the fence and you don't even know how you got out of the field. <laughs> suddenly, we're all of us were under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> We went in the morning. We went down uh, to the hotel we were staying at, and in the reception. And I said, "That was something last night, wasn't it?" And I said, "What's that on the wall?" He said, "Bullet holes." <laughs> <laughs> wow! Um, wow! 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 I wrote a song about it actually called "Murder in the Night." But
Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Yeah, wow. That's, man, those are great stories. It's incredible. It's true. Yeah. And then, uh, how many... Should I, give you, should I give you a Paul, Paul McCartney one? Because I used to sit on the coach on the Wings tour with Paul McCartney. This is quite funny, this one. And he definitely, I don't think you want anybody to hear about it, really, but I will tell you now, since we're, you know, since we it's uh, all water under the bridge. I was sitting, and he was, we were, I used to sit with hours we used to talk about, because I just used to, you know, oh, I could even, even, no, I shouldn't, you know, why not? He said, he said to me, because I'm quite a normal guy, really, I think, I hope, and uh, I was, none of the rest of the Brinsies would talk to him. I said, he's sitting at the back of the coach, somebody I've idolised all my bloody, you know, yeah, the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. I said, I'm going to go and sit there and talk. If he doesn't want to talk to me, he'll tell me to piss off, won't he? Yeah. So, and we used to do it for hours. I used to sit there talking to him. And he said to me once, he said, he said, because he said, they'd been busted in Japan, I think. Right, 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 right. He was. Yeah. And he said, and he, he had this big block of hash. And he said, I'm really worried about this. And I said, it's all right, Paul. I'll look after it for you. I said, <laughs> you know, just tip me the nod and I'll slip it to you, right? right? So I'm walking. We're in Liverpool and I've got this block of Paul McCartney's hash in my, my, my pocket. And, you know, it was it Superman, you know, kryptonite. Sure. And I'm, I'm, I'm walking past these plate. I can feel this, this like a fluorescent green lump in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Paul McCartney's hash. <laughs> <laughs> But it was all, you know. Yeah. You know, tomorrow. I said, uh, tomorrow, I said, is it all right? I, I said, is it all right if I had a little bit of it? Yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, since you carried it. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I was, they were more, I was more soul and, um, I, that's right. When I left, when I left, when I started playing semi-pro, they call it, uh -huh. I was in a, a Tamla Motown three-piece. Uh -huh. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Tamla Motown three piece. And what were we called? The Generation or something. Yeah. And we we actually used to play at this part uh, called the Kew Boathouse. It's a place, the Kew Gardens, which is in West London. Yeah. And there was this pub on the side of the Thames. And we were we got the support act group uh, uh, to the embryonic Pink Floyd. Oh, wow. No, so we 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 were over in the corner by the radiators, uh -huh. and so we did our set, you know, whatever I see you, uh -huh. da, da, was that all that sort of stuff, and um, and they loved it. This this uh, they were like skinheads. They weren't skinheads. I don't know what they bother boys. They were yeah. they loved it, and uh, so then Pink Floyd came on with uh, Sid Barrett and all the thing, and their light show. They had a a blue. And they had a, a lamp either side with a blue blue paper over it, flashing like going up, uh -huh. blue blue. That was their light show. Pulsating. And, 
yeah, pulsating. And I was standing at the back, and at the promoter of the gig, he said, this is bloody rubbish. <laughs> I said, well, it's quite it's new, isn't it? It's quite new. I've never heard anything like this before. It's quite new. And, and they paid about three numbers. And this guy from the, they were booing him. The crowd were booing him. <laughs> and this guy jumped, the guy jumped, this young lad, he jumped on stage and he pulled the microphone away from Roger Waters, the baseball, oh, right, and, yeah. and he went, and he put it in his mouth and he went, this group is shite! It's crap! <laughs> we want the other group back on! <laughs> and they actually forced them to stop. Really? And then we had to go back on. Oh, nice. We had to stop by the radiators again yeah, wow. to placate the crowd. Wow. <laughs> Right, there's a riot going on. There's a riot. Wow, incredible, incredible. I, thought, I always say to people, who had the last laugh, eh? <laughs> yeah, really, who had the last laugh? Listen, you have to, um, you have to tell this story about. Um, you told me this um, a couple of weeks ago. We, we were talking on the radio, on, on you're just talking on the phone um, about uh, you and Nick oh. Lowe writing those songs together. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we used to, well. When I started writing, uh, no, when I joined the Brinsies, Dave Robinson put it to me after about a year. So he said, I think it would be a good idea for you and Nick. You know, you wrote a few songs together. So we used to live in this big house. We always separate, separate rooms and everything. So I went up to Nick Rowe's bedroom and I knocked on the door and I said, uh, I said, uh, should we write some songs together? And Nick <laughs> said, I don't think that's a very good idea. And shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> so he used to, I carried on, you know, uh, gave it a, another year or so, and then we tried again. And we used to, there was one evening, we sat there and we wrote six songs in about three hours. Six. And I was saying to Nick about Lennon and McCartney and how... It might have been a, a, might have been a, a, a McCartney song, but they called it Lennon and McCartney. Or it might have been a Lennon song, they called it Lennon and McCartney. And I said, well, this, uh, you know, low gong. I said, why don't, why I know? He said, I said, why don't you have three and I'll have three? Yeah. You know, and then we just put our own names on it. We've written them all together. Right. You know, and he said, yeah, so the one I didn't have, <laughs> was of an understanding <laughs> and he got a bloody check for a million dollars from the bodyguard film for that yeah, but I'm bitter I'm not bitter I don't <laughs> and people don't believe that I actually did it but then luckily a few weeks afterwards we were in the kitchen one night and in half an hour we wrote Cruel to be Kind yeah that's the one which is which is which is a nice little that has kept the food on the table for my children for many many years, Good. and it's one of those songs that you just don't think. In fact, Nick Lowe is a is a well, he's turned into a pompous public schoolboy as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And I actually he said to me once to my face in front of my wife after a gig that we'd gone to see one of his gigs played, and he turned around. And said, I failed to see what you had to do with writing that song, and my wife said. I was outside the kitchen door when you wrote it. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's, uh, it's not as many pe people. Every I went to a Hall and Oates gig in in, in Wolverhampton. I've seen to see him about three times. I really like him, and uh, I had this song for, for that I thought they could do, and I, the only way I could think of getting it to him was 
you can't get into the dressing rooms all the you know the, yeah. with all the bounces and everything I thought I'll chat up the road crew so I started talking to them and I I don't it's happened so many times I said well actually I've, I'm, I am a songwriter I've written a few in the past and then Cruel to Be Kind and they sing it at you yeah <laughs> people start singing at you you yeah, know thinking yeah. that must have been I don't know if I could do that you know what is the secret ingredient of that because people remember it I don't know why yeah. you know it's, it's what, do they, what do they say when I went to Nashville for the first time I was saying to somebody about a, a catchy song and he said yeah he said it grows on you like warts <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I mean I, I, yeah it's a great tune and um, did you did you record that for any of your albums I've done a few cover, yeah I've done, done I've done it I've done it a few times but it's not you on know, your albums it, though is it though you ever do a studio no no, my, no 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 I'm, it is on later ones yeah yeah the ones in the, <laughs> I've had a few releases yeah uh, I, uh, I, I, I've solo releases over the years but uh, I always say they're not released they escaped <laughs>
I did the Japanese one, and the guy, I sent him a, I sent him the artwork, and on the artwork, um, it was a picture of me. And when I got the final, um, what are they called MSI in Tokyo, these record company, and when I he sent me the finished thing, I sent him the masters and and the artwork, and he'd taken my face off. He's really? taking my face off, and it was a brick wall <laughs> with, <laughs> with the title of the title of the album on it. And I actually phoned him up. I thought I, it took me ages to work out what the time difference was in 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 Tokyo from 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 Britain. Uh-huh. But I phoned him up, and I, somebody answered, and I said, "Is Mr. Okamoto there, please?" And uh, this guy said it was somebody who could speak English who was in the office next to him. Uh-huh. He said, I go, I, I go and ask Mr. Okamoto. So he was there in front of Mr. Okamoto and he said, uh, Ian Gone wants to know, will you, do you think this, do you think the album will sell more without his picture on? And this guy, I thought I could hear him go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all he, that's all he said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 you know, that, that's, um, you know, the, 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 was it a good was it a good ah or a bad one? <laughs> keep, keep it wall. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I hear that. So, um, <laughs> listen to me. Um, we did ninety minutes already. Oh, well done. My my wife is expecting me to go cook her dinner now. Yeah, well, I can feel that. I can feel the. Was it deep depressions from the west? Well, we heard about Brinsley Schwartz, Paul McCartney's hash, Elton John taking a fancy to Ian and much much more. Stay tuned for the return of Ian Gom. Thanks for listening and remember to check out some of our other podcasts. Stay safe my friends. This has been another Not Your Mother's Radio production. Not Your Mother's Radio is listener funded. If you wish to assist and help keep the station active, funds can be sent via PayPal to Elliot. Is not your mother at gmail.com remember there is only one l and one t in elliot thank you for your assistance it is appreciated only wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg cheese and your choice of bacon or sausage did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Fly on the Wall.
There are more great interviews to follow so please list us as one of your favorites and be sure to follow. We are listener funded. If you would like to assist our Venmo info is New Mexico DJ service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. Please remember to share our info. Thanking you all.